0: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. they are here. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-kay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Feltz, and my co host and very good friend he's Mr. Dave Horace.
1: Hi there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, we're going to have a little bit of a different episode this week. So, Chris, you were on Back to the Filmography with our good friend and patron, I am Jack's
0: Musings. What are we going to cover? Well, Dave, we're going back. So 2002, it's a movie that was based on one of my favourite Burt Reynolds movies, Mean Machine or The Longest Yard, depending which way you take it. Originally Mean Machine in the UK, and then it was changed to The Longest Yard, the Burt Reynolds version from 1974. Um, But this one is a remake based in a prison in the UK. It's got an all English cast, pretty much, other than a dodgy Scottish accent. Uh, the main stars, <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly, it's terrible. The main star is Vinnie Jones. But the reason I went on to I Am Jax's podcast is because it's Jason Statham. And back to the filmography is about Jason Statham's movies from basically all of them, all 41 movies, which I worked out that I've seen about 25, 26 of them. So not as many as him or our good friend and patron, Glyn Davis. I know Glyn's going on soon. But well, yeah, we just had such good fun talking about and going through the movie. And we thought, like you just said, Dave, we'd do a crossover and um, put it within the VHS Strikes Back as well. because it is a movie we probably would have covered at some point.
1: Yeah, and I covered, uh, I, I took one for the team. I did one called Turn It Off, which was, oh, I guess, think, his yeah. third. You know, so he'd done uh, Lockstock, he'd done Snatch, and then he did this one, and it was absolutely awful. Um But, you know, it's good to see the progression of what he's doing. But Christ, the accent in this, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. But like I say, we'll just say a little bit about our background and then we're going to cut into that episode. And then we'll be back at the end and kind of give our scores and everything. So,
0: Chris, where did you see this first? To be honest, Dave, I think it was a good few years afterwards. I think maybe four or five years afterwards. I think I came across it on say, I think it's more of a, I think it is a channel four type movie. So I think I'm gonna film four or something like that. So I wasn't interested. I knew the review scores were obscure uh, I knew the review scores <laughs> weren't favorable. So I kind of avoided it. And we've been loving the original one so much with Burt Reynolds. Oh. Uh, and it being that was American football. We've been an actual football fan. I thought it might be relatable. And obviously it had all the cast and people were just off Snatch, Lockstock, Stock, all the characters, like Green Street. There's loads of different characters that, that were in these movies. So I just, I don't want to watch it. And I remember watching it, and it was all right. I mean, Danny Dyer's in it. He was obviously, like, he's listening to East yeah. EastEnders at the moment. Oh, he's leaving soon. So he's in it. So, yeah, I think it's just one. I'd never rented it. 100% never got it on DHS. But it was just something I've watched on TV. And I think I've I said to Jax that, I don't think I've watched it in its entirety because I don't remember the start of it. I think I've, I've caught it, say, 10, 15 minutes in. And then, because mm. Vinnie Jones's character, Danny Meehan, is actually in prison when I've seen it. But beat for mm. beat, it is pretty much, it's more of a copy of the original than the Adam Sandler L- Longishard that came out early 2000s, I think it was.
1: Right, right. So I remember watching this when it came out on video And I actually really liked it. Now, I I must admit, it took me years to really detach the footballer Vinnie Jones from the actor Vinnie Jones. So I got to like him, but I really didn't like him. Not so much from the Wimbledon days, but particularly when he went to Chelsea. And remember, he did that hard man of football or hard men of football video and it was all like just dirty tricks and stuff. It's like when you go to pick an opponent up or something, pick them up by their armpit hairs and stuff like that. It was just, he was just a despicable character for me. But he's not a bad actor at all. But I'll tell you what, the one thing I'm not having is him being the England captain, <laughs> 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 ignoring the fact that he went on to play for Wales, didn't he? But you know, he's just, he's never pulling off that kind of skillful midfielder. He was always a bit of a water carrier, wasn't he?
0: Oh, he was, well, you know what, David? It's funny because in our episode, which everyone's going to listen to, and I know you've listened to it yourself, but so, I'm sorry for repeating it, but... I do say to Jacks that, and I don't want to ruin the episode, but the best bit of acting is us trying to convince fucking Vinnie Jones is a good footballer better than anybody who's in it. Even Jason Statham's dodgy Scottish accent, which I thought was American or some other accent. I didn't even pick up on it. I thought I, it's American. terrible. Just, How
1: many Americans <laughs> do you know who are like, hey... Hey, <laughs> you know, that's hey. all he keeps was saying, would it?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, hey Dave, at the end of the day, Stallone played in that and escaped to victory. So you never know. know. You know? I mean, he did, he did uh, do the business, but no, I, Vinnie Jones, it's, and there's one scene in it, which I talk about, which is brilliant, where, He's trying to—he's do, doing the kickups when he's got all the like the the convicts together, and it looks like me or you would do a better job. And he's trying to like use his left and right foot, and then he ends up flicking it behind his head. But it just looks like he's never done kickups for years. It looks <laughs> shit. And then like, I thought, I wonder how many takes that has done for him to actually get the ball in that position. It looked like it took him ages dead stiff. So there's a few bits in it that we talk about, me and Jacks, but. Yeah, Jones is the one. He, he was absolutely a shithouse footballer. You watch that tackle. I know it's Liverpool, so I should be happy. But 88 final, Steve McMahon within about five seconds. Mm. He'd be banned for about two months now if he did the tackle. I didn't even, I think he got booked, did he? Or he might have just something to carry on. It was an awful tackle.
1: Uh, he got booked. Um, but he reckoned, oh, that's why we won. And it's like, nah, it's not. <laughs> there, was, no. there was loads of things that went on in that final. Um, and it was just one of those things. Look, I don't like it because we ended up on the rough end, but that is one of those legendary kind of cup finals, isn't it? But yes, you know, the proper minnows victory and stuff. So it, it wasn't a terrible thing for football, but you, you see like the chances we missed and then, you know, it was just a, a straightforward corner and a header that, that ended up winning it. So yeah, I, I, you can't deny what that team was. You know, and to come from the old fourth division to the first it was pretty amazing. But I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary about that crazy gang time. And like, if you were in the clique, if you were Vinnie Jones or Fashionu, uh, you know, or, or one of those in the gang, you, you were uh, you were all right. But there were people like, it. was it Terry Phelan? Um, oh, awful,
0: Yeah. Yeah, he went through a real torrid time. Scales did, didn't he? He played for you, John Scales. John Scales, Scales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warren Barton, there, was, there were a load of them. He really yeah. got treated, mistreated. I think Laurie uh, Sanchez was the one who had loads of runnings with him. He had a fight, didn't he, with Fashion and yeah, stuff.
1: So Sanchez still. as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a distasteful time, wasn't it? I, I think, you know, and again, that's why I, I struggled to separate that nasty, horrible footballer from, you know, someone who who was a decent actor.
0: Yeah, I agree, Dave. Like I say, his acting is atrocious. But he was, he was just nice. To-
1: <laughs> so you agree, even though I said he was a decent actor? No, <laughs> you his, say, his yeah, you agree. His acting's <laughs> atrocious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> He's a fucking terrible actor. He's better when he doesn't speak. I think his best acting was actually in his first ever movie, Lockstock. When he played Bullet Tooth Tony, Big Chris, Big Chris, I know Bullet Tooth Tony. Where the hell's that from, Dave? Is that from Snatch? Or... No idea. I don't know how that one's off. But anyway, Big Chris and the old sunbed thing and all that. Yeah, he, he was good in that. But all the other movies I've watched, he was terrible. Even in God in sixty seconds, and he doesn't say be anything in that. I don't. I think mm. He says something at the end, and it. it just, he just. He he got away with it, and he was sort of like um, everyone's go-to English hard man in a lot of films. And then he just he his, like we were talking about this, the Stephen went one way and Vinnie Jones went the other. Now Vinnie Jones is doing mm. bloody, uh, what they called uh, the, the Essex Boys buddy remakes. Them them guys have got more <laughs> movies than anything. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Jones went on to do X-Men 3 as the juggernaut, didn't he? So yeah. He did all right, but I think that was what killed his career, to be honest, not not this one. But yeah, anyway, Chris, instead of going into our main review, we're gonna cut into Back to the filmography with I Am Jack's Musings and Chris Phelps. Now let's get into the show. Mike, Camera, Action.
2: All right, big man. Sound. Erm. Danny mean. It's alright, know what I mean? It's got a wee favour, I ask you.
1: Hello, Mr. Monk. Can you play football? Aye. Good.
0: Would you like to play with us? Nah. We're playing the guards.
1: Thanks a lot Mr Monk.
3: Welcome back to Filmography, the show dedicated to watching every credited film from an actor's complete back catalogue from past debut through to present day in chronological order. Each episode, I'm joined by an esteemed guest to watch and discuss the next entry from the focus filmography and consider how it ranks amidst their career and whether we can trace any typecasting trends or topic traits or theatrical ticks. For episode six, I'm joined by martial arts movie maestro and Lord of Love Island Chris Phelps to discuss the sixth appearance of the state alongside old school mucker and fellow Richie regular vinnie jones in mean machine we watch you listen and hopefully watch along too so chris uh, thank you so much for coming on the show to discuss this alliterative live action lads mag movie
0: <laughs> thank you, mate, and what a build-up. <laughs> 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 Love Island of martial arts, yeah, I mean, in one sentence. I never thought at my age that that would be uh, how people would know me, but thank you, mate, and, and I'm looking forward to this one, really am. Well, you were the only
3: guest to have for this one. I was really, most of them I've just thrown out there and wanted, you know, the people who were enthusiastic about the, that particular film from the state yes. to volunteer. But I really had this one earmarked for you because of your Passion for Bert Reynolds and knowing that this was a remake.
0: Oh yes! Oh yes! And uh, yeah, and I've seen this. I've seen obviously the Longishard Adam Sandler one, which Bert Reynolds stars in as the old guy in it. Mm. Um, so, and I, I've only, you know what, Jacks? I've only seen this once, and I've got mm-hmm. a very bad memory of it. I'd, I don't know if I've caught, like, missed the first ten minutes and that because there's some bits on it I don't remember. And I've watched bits on YouTube. So this was. I was going in blind, but also because it pretty much just rips off Burt Reynolds' movie. There was nothing unfamiliar, really. It was more a, uh, oh that's that, that's that, because I've got the the, the me machine, Burt Reynolds one. I've watched so many times as a kid and growing up. I've got it on DVD and everything. I love it. So yeah, I was looking for. I was really looking forward to this. I just kept thinking, please don't be bad. Please don't be bad. <laughs> <So>.
3: <laughs> well, we'll find out, eh? Whether it uh, yes. whether it escaped that fate or not. Do you know of of the Bert Reynolds one, do you call it the Longest Yard or do you call it Meme Machine?
0: Meme Machine, because when it was released in the UK, it was the Meme Machine. Mm. But as the years have gone on, it's become the American name of the Longest Yard. Now, my DVD actually says the Longest Yard on it, and obviously he's got Meme Machine on his American football jacket. Mm. But over here, it was always Meme Machine. I don't know why they changed it in the UK, but yeah. So growing up, I had it as that. But uh, I think it's an American copy I've got because I've got Hooper as well, Bert, Bert Reynolds from '78. That was. Done just after the first smoke in the Bandit, which which me and Dave obviously reviewed on the VHS. Mm. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know why they changed one. it's funny, Jack. A bit of a weird one because it always bugged me that everyone calls it the Longest Yard. Yeah, I mean, I guess when this remake came out, that just
3: meant that you were immediately clued in to what it was going to yeah. be. Whereas for the rest of us, we I guess we may have needed the explanation that it's a remake of the of the Longest Yard.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and. I think as well, I mean, I, I, should research, I should have researched this before I come on because I, I didn't, never really gone down the rabbit hole of why they changed the name in the UK. There's always some mm. meaning, you know, there's maybe another film called The Longish Yard that they changed it. That's why they mm. changed the name slightly. It could be something as simple as that. But no, this is going to be interesting because obviously you've got a lot of people attached to this movie that you think this should have been bigger than what it was, I think. You know, mm. I know it wasn't a massive success, but Vinnie Jones was in a lot of movies. He's still in a lot of movies now. He's in some terrible movies now. But <laughs> riding off the back of Gone in 60 Seconds and Lockstock, he did well Lockstock first, then Gone in 60 seconds. He did a lot of good stuff. Mm. It, him and Steve
3: have such an because obviously they start together in Lockstock, don't they? Yeah. They have this really kind of at this point of their career, this really interesting parallel. I think this is Vinnie Jones' sixth movie and his first kind of lead. And then, obviously, next for me with Statham is his first leading the transporter. So they have a really interesting kind of trajectory coming along together at this point. And we know who ultimately kind of takes Wins. the win. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. doesn't become close. Fairly soon, they go off in divergent paths.
0: Yeah, there's only so much mileage Vinny Jones can get out of playing the same character. I know Statham's done different things, but I don't know if he... I love his martial arts, Jason Statham. Anyway. Mm. I love all that. I love the Expendables, the, the the scene on the motorbike when he goes to the basketball pitch. I love that. When he beats up his ex's boyfriend, because he slapped her about. I can love that scene so much, Jax. So, yeah, there's a lot of his films are brilliant. I think the one I, I did enjoy once coming back, I think it's come back from Vegas in 2013 on a plane, was the one where Dominic Purcell's in it out, Prison Break, and it's set like early 80s. I think Clive Owen's a baddie in it. And mm. uh, Dominic Purcell's got long hair. We stay from, I'm sure he's it's, it's a bit, I don't know if Robert De Niro's in it. There's a, there's a weird, it's a weird film set in like a different time because Jason, uh, Dominic Purcell's Australian, but he's got some proper dodgy, Carl Urban type Cockney accent. So, well, that's not a bad film. That. If I'm, I'm sure that's who he's in it, Clive Owen and Jason Statham. And
3: that. I was just looking at my list because I get these two mixed up. I think it's Killer Elite. He's got yeah. Clive Owen. Clive Owen's got like a really rad moustache in it.
2: Yes, yes. Because
3: he was in one called Blitz, and they were both around the same sort of time. Uh, but I think Blitz is UK based, whereas Killer Elite is a bit more international, isn't it? And I think you're right; it has got De Niro in it as well.
0: Yeah, I think memory serves me now. So I'm a bit of a Statham fan. I'm not as big mm. a fan as uh, as Glenn Davies. I think you know. Has Glenn been on yet?
3: No, but he's got a few lined up. On,
0: he's a huge. He's a huge Statham fan. So I'm interested in what he, his take will be.
3: Mm. As soon as I he, obviously we touch base through VHS. But as soon as we started talking about this project that was that only just launched, he was like, I want this one, I want this one, I want this one. So, yeah, he's got quite a few good ones lined up.
0: Yeah, no, that would be good, that. That would be really interesting. Just a completely different movie. Mm. You know, he's done some... I mean, Dave loves that one with Bert Reynolds and he said, I've got to watch it because I love Bert Reynolds. I'm not watching that sort <laughs> <and> of so- <laughs> nonsense. So. In the name of the king, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's
3: not happening. <laughs> Dave's already taken one for the team watching Turn It Up With Me, so I might not force him to watch that one too. <laughs>
0: He can't say no to any podcast. I'm sure he enjoyed it, Jacks. but I love them because we we are podcasting every single day at the moment because I love mm. Ireland and we're podcasting our own stuff as well. So we literally, seven days a week, we're podcasting even two a day at weekends sometimes just to keep it ticking over. Then he'll go. I'm podcasting tonight. I'm podcasting like you are absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, I could talk and he can talk, but I, I, I can't. I can do it like he does. He loves loves podcasting so much.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean, I don't. I mean, it's good of you to say, you know, to put him up on that bit of a pedestal. You, you're just as busy. I think it's really impressive how both of you do. it. And then you put Mike in the mix, and then Tony and Spider yeah. Dan does loads too, guest appearances, and then you. Yeah, it's mad how everyone fits all this into their lives. I just don't know.
0: No, I don't. I mean, I I've got quite a, a different job where I'm, I'm finished early, so I do a lot of my podcasting around dinner, afternoon, evening. Me and Dave, you know, me do, Dave do it evening time after he's finished work. But if there's anything we can do or organise or editing, it's daytime for me. I can edit anything in the day from about twelve o'clock, so it works out quite well. But we've mm. got such a lovely, like yourself, when I don't know Jack, You listen to us. You've come on. And you do your own thing, which is brilliant. Obviously, we've got Rear on there as well. <laughs> which we I met Rear a few weeks ago. Brilliant. Had a great chat with Mike, Megan, Rear. Mm. Um, it was really good. We had a good laugh. To be honest, talking about the Spider Man, uh, the Spider Man, the Kenobi show, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So it was. It was good. It was a good, good chat with the good people. And we've got so many nice people. So I'm not just saying that. This is Dave's brainchild because it was just me and him talking movies, and he's so good at planning and stuff and putting stuff together that this is why this has grown into what it is. It's just a big family of really nice people.
3: And it kept, for me, it came at such a brilliant time. It came at the start of lockdown and um, Tony and I had met just online chatting on Twitter and then suddenly, yeah, we're two years later and the world has been really strange for two years. But for me, in my experience, this has grown and grown. I can't echo what you said enough about the group of people. Just everyone is so supportive and as soon as you need something, everyone's leaping on it, offering time and knowledge and effort. And yeah, it's an amazing place to be.
0: It's lovely. It's lovely. Even if it can be a bell and sometimes, if I'm not being controversial, yeah. there's no point even having <laughs> me on, is there, Jack? So that's the point of what we that's what we love about you, absolutely. <laughs> no, well, thank you for today, mate. I'm looking forward to it. So, how many states
3: do you reckon you've seen? This is a question I like to ask everybody. He's had 41 movies so far. If you has to
0: make a random guess. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Yeah, I could do a I could do a random guess, or it could be really, really cheeky and Check his filmography. Oh, do um, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would say, I even watched The Pink Panther with him in, which I crank, oh. I've seen both cranks, Death Race, The Bank Job. Luckily, John The Pink Sp- Panther, he's
3: uncredited, so I don't have to cover that one. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's uh, quite good. Uh with both cranks, Expendables, the, mechan- the mechanics of cracking film, actually, mm. I really enjoyed that. Killer Elite. I've seen the Fast and Furious movies, all of them, even the Hobson Shaw ones. Um, Went to cinema, to to Hobbs and Shaw. I'd say Wrath of Man, that's a great film. Mm. Uh, you know what? I would say, looking at this, I've seen about 25 of these movies. Okay. And that's not an exaggeration. That's no, just no. me totting it up as I'm checking it on Wikipedia. Honestly, I have. I've seen pretty much all, loads of them.
3: I'd say so far, like that's, of the guests I've had on, that's yours sort of a head, I would have said. Not that it's a competition in that way, but... You, you know, you're talking about Glenn and his fandom. Clearly, you are a big fan as well. Having seen two thirds at least of his output, yeah,
0: yeah, and and I don't, I wouldn't say to you off the top of my head like Jason Statham's one of my favourite actors, you know, but I do love his films. I just think there's just great. Rafa Man was a great film that's on Prime recently, and that's a, that's another guy Richie, wasn't there? So mm. and then all they're doing, they've got Fast Ten, Expendables Four, you know. So and even I've even seen Meg, the Meg. Oh, Meg, you know I mean? glorious they're making the second one Mm. so it's yeah i I reckon glenn's all allowed doom i reckon he's probably seen all of them but i'm i reckon at least 25 of them
3: i think glenn and i were fairly so i think coming into this project i hadn't seen four i'm now down to two because two of them were really early on i think glenn was fairly similar i think he was about three or four is the only one that he hadn't seen too so yeah he's definitely up there in his fandom
0: Oh, God. Well, I'll take third spot with that, Jack. Yeah,
3: yeah. 25 is highly impressive. Uh, a person who you're not seeking out, do you know what I mean, like, you, you watch films because you think they look good, but you're not purposely watching them because he's starring in them. That's an impressive total.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, cracking. I, I just like him. I just like I like Scott Adkins' movies. I got into mm-hmm. a tangent last year, me and Dave, and um, I know some of them are terrible, but Debt Collector and Debt Collector 2, which are offer on Netflix, I love them. Proper... B-movie martial arts, like Jason Statham did in his early days, but just great, great throwaway 90-minute movies.
3: He's one that, if I had the time, I'd like to dedicate a bit more to watching, because, yeah, like you say, it's those you're not watching them for the narrative or for the acting quality, you're watching them for what he as a person brings to that role, and he's really into the choreography and the stunts, isn't he, as well?
0: Yeah, and I respect that, like Tom Cruise, he does all his own stunts, so... Mm. We, we can't hide the Scott Adkins film. You've got to do all your own stunts, basically. And I, I, I do really respect people who do that. As I've got older, you'd have some respect for the stunt and the stunt women. Absolutely.
3: I mean, I can barely get out of a chair without creaking and moaning <laughs> and.
0: Ugh. I feel you. I feel you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen this once before, you reckon?
0: Yeah, once before, but I've mm-hmm. got a feeling I've missed the start of it, at maybe about 10 minutes in. But, the, but, but having watched it now, Jack's. It's not any different. This is this mm. is more, this is is more, closer than the Adam Sandler Longishard, even though that is an American football adaption. This one was... I thought this was more beat for beat, the actual Burt Reynolds original. The Adam Sandler one's great, and you've got all the wrestlers in it, like Stone Cold and Kevin Nash in it. You've got all, uh, Goldberg. You've got all these wrestlers are in it and that. But this this felt like literally someone had just gone, we're just going to completely copy it. Because mm. I mean, it's pretty quick the way he gets into it. But yeah, I was, I was quite shocked to be honest. I couldn't remember a lot of it. And then it starts and like, well, even some of the jokes are exactly the same.
3: Yeah, they are, aren't they? Because I, I, yeah. I think I'm like you, I'd watched this once, maybe like quite soon after release and i would not gone back to it, which for me sometimes is quite telling. But I'd never yeah. seen The longer Shard before. So as you know, I watched it a couple of days before I rewatched this because I wanted to get a flavor of yeah how close it was to that original one. Yeah, I was surprised. Other than the section in the longer shard when they're out kind of being the they're out digging, on not they? They're yeah, chain yeah, that's the a gang. Thank yeah, chain yeah. gang. Yeah. Other than that section, it's pretty much, as you said, beat for beat. But what that does is it cuts out about half an hour of the, the runtime, doesn't it?
0: Yes, because the even the joke with the policeman, which is this the short mm. guy who's Burt Reynolds' friends, who's in Hooper spoken about um, Cannonball Run, he's in loads of Burt Reynolds films. He's always like somebody and one of his friends. And he even says, oh, he look at a short policeman or something. Now, in the original Youngest, Youngest Yard, it has got a fantastic car chase. He's mm. drunk. And he's not a very nice person, Paul Crew, in the first one, because he, he does sort of throw his misses about and nicks a Maserati, even though it's a Citroen Maserati, because it's a Citroen on the gear stick and that, which is weird. And the, the front thing, even though... It's a Maserati engine, I think, but it's a really weird car he's driving for Burt Reynolds and the chase is good. But this is just Binnie Jones driving down the street and then just pulls up outside a pub on a pavement, doesn't he, you know? But, but it's beat for beat what Paul Crewe, who's Bert Reynolds' character, actually gets done for.
2: Mm.
3: I have to say, I felt those, is it like 74, so it's like 27 years difference, I think, roughly, between the Longer and Me Machine. Yeah. I felt... I felt that difference. The opening is the key bit. Watching that longer shard opening was pretty tough. Or oh, the me- oh, Sorry. Yeah. The original or the meme machine. Yeah. It's
0: long. It's long, isn't it?
3: As you said. And it's just the treatment of, of that character. I mean, the, the misogyny and the. Yes. The, the, the attitude is pretty hard to, to sit through. And to think. And it's okay for me sometimes, but I think probably because I'm watching it with that mindset of this is probably just accepted back then. And people are probably yeah. thinking, oh, what a cool guy. It, that's when it makes it tough yeah. to watch, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and you're right, because there's no way you would have a hero in a movie slapping a woman about at all and throwing her on the floor and everything. You know, even if he is pissed, like he shouldn't. Mm. That's not what a hero is about these mm-hmm. days, which he shouldn't be anyway. You should never have that. He, someone like that is never redeemable. But in that movie, Bert Reynolds is, he's like the old American hero who who threw an American football game. So it's interesting that they don't touch on that in this. And they only touch on the bit where he has a, he has a, um, a dalliance with a young lady, shall we say? Because in the original Mm. one, it's a Dolly Part lookalike that Bert Reynolds gets a bit frisky with, shall we say?
3: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because films that I would equate this, like this kind of character to, maybe like, you know, The Last Boy Scout, or like Bruce Willis's character, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he's misogynistic as such, but you know, he's like, he's really like on the edge of darkness. Yes. But still his respect for kind of his wife and, and things that, that, that therefore he can be redeemable, can't he? But yeah, as you said, this character, is it Paul crew is just yeah, at the start, Paul, a horrible yeah. guy. But I guess to an extent, if they'd followed that through line from start to finish, that would be okay. If he was a horrible guy, but as you said, because he's meant to be this all conquering hero at the end, it makes that, that, the start of it sit a bit uneasy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. You're right, and and I think 2001. I think mm. 26, 27 years later, when this came out, the world had evolved then. Let mm. alone the 20 years that I've preceded it. Now, you know, like you know, sort of so thing. So we we are in a completely different space. There's no way we would even go near that sort of character. So it's interesting, and I think you're right. The original one is quite slow, but because I've seen it so many times, it's really And now we've never done it on the VHS Strikes Back and it's there and I've got a pick coming up in, a, in about six, seven weeks and I keep toying with it but mm. I know it's another Burt Reynolds movie, we've done Cannonball or whatever, but I don't want Dave to go near it if I'm being honest. Yeah. No, man, yeah. I love rinsing movies, he rins smoking the bandit, I just don't know whether he's even going to, you know what I mean? So like, mm. we had this thing where we surprise each other and send the trailer for what we want to, what we want to actually review um, but this is one that not sure I want him to touch you for being honest
3: no I totally get that because you know as a Patreon, when my picks come around (laughs) I'm I'm pretty careful about what I'm going to pick because (laughs) yes if it's to stitch you up that's fine but if it's one (laughs) that I feel precious about like you say I'm, I'm worried about what might come out and how it might affect my own viewing of the film so I totally get that but you're right to pick out the car chase they do a good job of modernizing it and I actually really like the repetition of the scene in vinnie jones's me machine with the in the bar i think they play that off really well and you know i'm totally convinced that vinnie jones is an aggressive potentially alcoholic sort yeah. of rough rough and tumble guy because you know not a million miles from the truth if uh if rumors are to be believed <laughs> but the car chase is slow <laughs> and boring it's like buddy yeah. watching boba fett again or something isn't
0: it well, a, this is a bad... Yeah, you're right, Bokeham, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, um, Fair. the scooters, yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a really intense uh, chase, that but It reminds me a little bit, this is bad, this is a bad pick, this one, Jack, so forgive me, but when OJ Simpson was getting chased and he was going about 20 miles an hour, I know he wasn't driving it, it was supposed to be his friend and he was sat in the back, but that was the shittiest car chase ever, but they just <laughs> couldn't stop him. And that's, it wasn't as bad as that, but he's not levering it he's just sort of you can even see the way it, it's cut that there's a scene where obviously normal traffic is told to wait behind while they shoot this bit and he's mm. in his you know L, uh, what's he calling this me and what's his name me and danny me and isn't it danny yeah. me and sorry uh, danny's there just like you know levered sort of thing so yeah i think you're right and i also think it gets us into the prison then don't it because we get the, mm. the sort of sentences and everything so it's not as bad as the original one, but I do think because I'm waiting for them beats and there's a couple of jokes that are exactly the same, and then them like, oh hang on a minute, we've really rushed rushed this story. But I think I'm reflection watching it, and I'm not trying to jump to the end. Mm. There is a reason. I think it runs at 95 minutes, and I think it's perfect to be honest.
3: Yeah, I think any longer I would have really struggled. I yeah. I think I felt the runtime of Me Machine, Vinnie Jones more than yeah. I felt the runtime of Bert Reynolds and Machard yeah.
0: You know, that's longer. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, is isn't it? Mm. It's, it's weird how you come to that conclusion, because I think we, we've got a movie coming up, right, I, I, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, Jacks, on the Patreon. I've never heard of it, and neither has Dave, and it's unbelievable, this movie. we played the trailer a few weeks ahead, because we're recording, like, well ahead at the moment, mm-hmm. and oh, my God, you were in for a treat, mate. It is
3: ridiculous okay is it a Patreon pick
0: it is indeed it is
3: unbelievable somebody's got another special one to go alongside was it Hard <laughs> Tickets to Hawaii and
0: oh they were the ones I yeah. think that was John that
3: <laughs> this is some beauties that have come out of those picks oh, what was the wait. one about the um, the secret agent
0: oh uh, for your high only for your high only yeah some oh, of those were God. just brilliant well you've in fact we're that far ahead now and this isn't like just because we, we've got so much on. Mm. Uh, wait till you see my next pick.
3: <laughs> All right. I like the little teasers. It's great.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be cross-promoting someone. No, yeah, that's just, exactly what you should be doing. Connection. But yeah, it's, it's you're going to love these, mate. You are going to love them. And also hate me. And whoever picked this other movie is really
3: <laughs> You picked out the editing there, which I think is interesting because I thought the editing of this movie was atrocious. Yes, like and that's part of the pacing problem. Like you, you know, we were saying how it feels long. The editing is really poor. They're using Star Wars wipes for some reason for a yeah. lot of the scenes. I didn't think it felt like a series of like scenes rather than a a flowing movie. I don't know if you felt the same.
0: Yeah, it, you know what? It, it, obviously snatch, I don't think Snatch was out around this time, wasn't it? And um Lockstock was mid nineties, wasn't it? Lockstock, was it around about 90s? Eight
3: ninety eight
0: ninety seven ninety eight. 97, 98, not, Yeah, I think Lostock was 97, 97 98 in the snatch. In, yeah. What, 2001? Lenny, yeah, because Lenny McLean passed away uh, as they were promoting this movie. The guy who was actually was a maniac in real life. But no, I think you're right. It, it feels like Guy Ritchie's got his hands all over it and he obviously hasn't, but he's trying to be too clever, you know, with what they were doing and they're trying to... It almost feels like a storyboard the way scene moves, they don't, you, I completely agree with you. There's a there's something disjoint about it because it just doesn't flow. It yeah. feels, it doesn't, you know, like when you watch a movie, even if it's a bad movie, if it's edited right, you can go with the story, can't you? Even if it takes you an hour to get invested in characters, you go, yeah, with this, I'm invested in the characters because I know that ultimately the outcome, because it's a remake and nothing really is going to change. But I just think, the, the, the things that are supposed to be funny don't work. Like Danny Dyer mm. is supposed to be this like sort of uh lad who's got learning difficulties or, you know, or maybe even he's autistic. You would say now, you know, like he, he could be on the spectrum and they play that for last. That's not funny. Mm. Even the monk with Jason Statham, they do. He does the scenes that the guy is a, he's a native American. The guy with the bald head who's in the Burt Reynolds films. He's in like Hooper and Cannonball Run. He's one of his friends. He's the guy who's the monk as such. You're not called the monk in, in the original one, is he? But he's the martial arts expert and he he breaks Richie Keel's nose, jaws out of James mm-hmm, Bond. Mm-hmm. And you get that the guy whose nose he breaks is the guy who is in snatch. Uh, he's in other uh, movies of Guy Riches and stuff as well, you know. Yeah, so he's,
3: he's, a, like, he's gorgeous a, George, isn't he? Snatch. Gorgeous Pops George, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: he's, he's one in statue. He fights, he's a, a rugby player, ex rugby player who Brad mm. Pitt knocks out. So it's so it's he, he has the same people. In and around them. These are all the same characters that mm-hmm. you would have in a. I suppose it's a bit like in some respects, like now, like I follow Craig Fairbrass, who does the <laughs> the uh, what they call the Essex Boys. Mm-hmm. Now he must be 60 if he's and he looks good, but he's 60 playing like Pat Tate, who's 30. But well, you've got the same crew in every single movie. They're not at the level of some of these guys are even now. Like they're not at the level of Statham and all that, because they were still actors they were renowned actors and stuff like that even vinnie jones had some respect at this point in his career but it just feels like they've just dragged every single cockney actor or cockney who can do a cockney accent let's bring you in let's bring you in you know so it just feels i agree it feels very disjointed and when these jokes none of it hits there's not one bit where i was i sort of smirked or laughed
3: no i completely agree with you i'm glad you said that it feels like and i i can't watch these type of shows it feels like a sketch show yes people you know it's mitchell and webb who i find really hilarious in peep show or doing their own things on panel shows but when they did their sketch show it was terrible and i just can't watch those like scene by scene moments because i I can't i can't get on board with like the i don't know what it is you know like that that idea of like comedy is all in the timing right and i feel like sometimes sketch shows because they're forcing it into a short period of time it doesn't work and i completely agree with you here like Bob and Bob who are commentating at the, the match at the end. They're not funny. And all the little characters, as you said, that have come in from all the other Guy Ritchie things who are meant to be kind of cartoonish, clownish, caricature type people to get the laughs. They don't work either.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Tonally, it's really, it's really problematic because then you get these moments where you've got the, is it Doc, the old guy? Yes. Telling his like story of how he ends up in prison for life. And it was that you threw a grenade in the house and blew up a, a mum and a baby. Well, that doesn't fit with the weird slapstick stuff we had two minutes ago.
0: What a guy, you know what I mean? Because mm. <laughs> it's strange in this one because in the original one, his right-hand man, Paul Crew, and it, and that's the thing. Danny's called Danny the Me Machine, Me. Mm-hmm. Well, but in the original one, it's Paul Wrecking Crew. That's what they call him. The Paul Paul Wrecking Crew. He's like they're all uh, superstar quarterback. And how they got to Mean Machine, I don't know. That's just what they call the team in the in the movie and stuff. And the Long Yard, I don't know. That must that's obviously a, that's definitely an American football reference. Um, but with this, is his right hand man gets killed, and the right hand man in the original one is Michael J. Fox's daddy, Team Wolf.
3: That's who who gets right. killed. Yeah, I didn't put that so together, but yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's the guy who gets. I can't remember his bloody name, but that's the guy who, who ultimately he's like the fix. he can get everything. He gets. Burt Reynolds gets his leg over with the receptionist. If he gets information about the, you know, the, the, the warden's team and finds out the injuries, so they could target him and that's there's all that going on. But the old guy gets killed, and he's out of. Um, I think he was out of Monty, uh, Monty Python. I'm sure he's out of Folly Towers. I'm sure he's the Irish builder, uh, O'Rourke or something in it. But but he's the one who takes one for the team. So that's slightly different. But it ultimately someone does get killed in. Danny's cell, which was Paul Cruz's uh, cell in the original. So mm. it's interesting because in this, in the Adam Sandler remake, this um thing as well, isn't it? Um, Burt Reynolds is the old ageing American footballer who's in the prison, but they don't really have that in here. They don't have an ageing footballer who comes on who could play a bit of footy in that. So it's, there is a few things slightly different, but I just think you're right. I think because it feels... It, it almost feels like you're watching, like I suppose, in some respects, it's a great spotlight, Jack. It's a bit like the Fast Show. Mm. Like, years ago, I used to love the sketch shows. I was really into the Fast Show and stuff like that. You know, and even the Harry Enfield stuff, when he used to be funny, there was, was a time that Harry Enfield was going with Paul Whitehouse, wasn't he? You know, Smashing mm. Nice, you know, he'd have these little setups. Monty Python. But mm-hmm. this is, it's just not here. It. It's just, there's some really tonal, serious stuff going on, horrible stuff. And then, like you say, and then you get this, like, Let's have a joke. You know, Mm. they break someone's nose. Well, in the original one, Paul crew gets Richard Keel's nose, bends it back and says, you've got to apologise. And he makes the guy or the monk, or whatever he's called in the original one, actually apologise. You know, so it's weird. There's unusual tonal things. And I think my biggest problem in this whole movie, Jacks, is how the fuck you portray Vinnie Jones can actually play football? <laughs> one of the worst professional footballers you've ever seen in your life. But they make him out when he's doing them kick-ups. He struggling. I could do what he did there. I'm not a great footballer.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's like can proving to the people, the inmates, how good he is.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he does the kick-ups, and you can see when he puts it on his left foot, he nearly hits one of them. I, f- I kept thinking, watching, going. How many times has it took you to get that? And then he puts the ball <laughs> behind him He does it all in one take. He does that in one shot. But obviously, I don't know how many t- takes it was. But yeah, it was pissing myself laughing because he's running around like he's in Gaza or Maradona or somewhere. And he was one of the worst hat chipman footballers mm-hmm. in life. So that, for me, is the best bit about this movie because they try and make him look like a strong footballer when he was absolutely terrible.
3: It's true. I, I, I'd forgotten about that bit of the keyboards because I did think he, did, he manages about four or something, doesn't he? And then it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, look how good I am. Because I think, <laughs> in contrast <laughs> to that, I mean, it's probably more than I can do nowadays, to be fair. But in contrast, to that they're bit in the cell when they're riffing on like the Great Escape. He's given a baseball, yeah. and he's banging it on the wall, and then he starts. in. I thought there, he did a, he does a couple of decent little skills. He does,
0: yeah, I'm doing it now, as you say, it right on the back of his head and all. Yeah, like, yeah you're right. He does. It's Hilt's, isn't it? Steve McChrys, one of my favourite films. Mm. Great or in my top 50 favourite 20 movies of all time. <laughs> you know, the same but, uh, that's a great movie. But no, you're right, actually, there, Jax. I think it's just, it's bizarre that they picked him. They had to as a vehicle, but I think they'd have got away with it if they'd done an American football remake with him. Because it doesn't matter that he's English. They could have played on all that and thought he could have put on a, a crappy American accent. That would mm. be more believable.
3: That was one of the key questions I was going to ask you, actually, about how you felt it translated to the English football game to, to soccer, as they um, would call it, compared yes, to football?
0: <laughs> I think, but obviously, I'm going to be biased to the original, even though I love football. Mm. You know, the, the American football, I don't really watch. I know I understand the rules because I used to play a lot of John Madden on the Mega Drive years ago. So I, I used to have a HB toss left and Hail Mary's and all. So I used to know how to play that game. And that's how I learned what American football about, fourth down and all. So I, I do understand American football. But I think with this, it's some, if, what what's weird is the play in it, like it's from the 70s where the warden's been, the, the mm. guy who runs the jail is some gangster who, who you know, some London Cockney gangster is supposed to be like one of the Cray brothers, and none of that goes on now. You have mm. your gangs, without a doubt, you have your gangs, and, and I'm sure there is connections where the warden will say to people, because I know people have been in jail, and it's like yeah, there is people who run jails, no matter what you say and, and it's more a you leave me alone, I leave you alone. I'm not saying that, but the way this is played, it's like it's something from the '60s and '70s, where anybody can be got at. I'm not saying you can't do stuff now, because we see you seem to see people with phones and videoing people, she's awful in jail. but I just don't it doesn't fit with 2001, that everybody in the prison is bent, and everyone wants to take a backhander. All, all the prison, the prison staff are horrible. Hmm. Mm. Every one of them, the, the, what they portray it as when they're training, they portray it as if it's the Nazis or the Stormtroopers, you know, like the Emperor, the Dark Side. And it does everything. have
3: um, that escape to Victory vibes, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, escape to victory vibe, exactly the same. You're right. But you know what, that's another great film. We sliced the long great film, but but again, the Nazis be sort of like the resistance sort of thing, and and to like Star Wars. Even when they're training, they've got the Umro kits on, and it's all dead regiment like the armour. But then, Vinnie Jones is doing like they're the dancing to sort of reggae music as they're supposed to be training and punching punch bags. And it, so it's it's very tonally. It's like an us and then. But really, in, in 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 real life, the wardens and the prison guards are the good guys in normal life. But in this movie, you feel sorry for these people who, like you said. He killed, a, he killed a woman and a kid he killed. You know, so the, mm. these people are not... Nine, this monk's killed 30-odd people the same, but they redeem him because he goes, he nests a few Zito runs. You know, it's weird.
3: <laughs> it's, you picked out the music. I thought, again, the music cues were really weird. It's like, it was like kind of Benny Hill style. You know, like, wah, 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 and all this kind of horrible <laughs> stuff. But it was... Try, again, I think... Maybe in the editing they realise, oh shit, this is not funny. Uh, what can yeah. we do? And maybe that's where they they chucked him in. But I didn't mind so much the you know the soundtrack. But they were just weird. Like you said, when Danny dies on screen, there's you know he gets like a little kind of sketchy comedy like accompaniment with him. Like all of that just didn't work either.
0: No, and it's weird because you know and he's not wrong with that. I'm sure if I get to that stage, it will probably. Get my hair done, but we miss his watch. He's done as I've just seen Danny Day and he's definitely had his hair done and that since uh, since these movies. And he's filled out a bit. I mean, obviously he's more respected, but in this one he's a bumbling idiot. I know he got to mm. start somewhere. and He went and did a lot of gangster movies and stuff like that. He's some crackers he's done, but he just doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. I think you know it doesn't fit in the movie. It doesn't work. I think a lot of the a lot of the prisoners don't work. You know, one minute you've got the old guy who's running the jail. Uh, who's like horrible and wants a piece of everything and he's in with the warden and the transit backhanders and all this stuff. And then the next minute he's the he puts on Sykes in it, John, John and He mm. puts on a Ron Atkinson sheepskin coat and turns into f- in Mike Bassett. And he's like all for <laughs> everyone. Whereas he doesn't like the prisoners and he doesn't like the wardens or the, the guards. So he, he he just literally gets on the subspell. All he needs is a, a big cigar in his mouth, and he's a proper old school manager. So he has a really strange story. He has them all in his cell. The high five in him and everything. I know he gets a bit, give him a bit shit. said I'm the owner of the club or something. Like he's like, you're in jail, mate. You're not. And and that was like his thing. But it, it's weird. Some of the characters and the way they spin it halfway through the movie just is so stupid.
3: I think what's interesting is that you, as you said, like it sticks the narrative of the longest guard of the Meme Machine, the Bet Runners one, really closely. But then what it tries to do is bring in all these cultural touches which we have here so Guy Ritchie escaped to victory and like that kind of um as you said like Mike Bassett I don't know who was that who that was based on originally but that kind of like like Sheepskin coat, it brings all those in doesn't it which it doesn't and again we're coming back to tone it means it doesn't quite tonally all fit together unfortunately no it doesn't so I think probably the worst, most egregious use of music has to be when the teams come out onto the pitch. I don't know if you picked up on this yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. But it was riffing on a very famous uh, other Robbie sporting Williams. movie.
0: Oh, no, Oh, no, not, oh, no there is Robbie That's at the he end, isn't it, Yeah, so, there's yeah, his yeah.
3: song Me Machine, isn't there? But yeah, when the players come out onto the pitch, you know, as they do, they're accompanied by music. Um, I don't know if I've ever revealed this on any podcast. I don't know if anyone within the group know, but I support Tottenham.
0: Oh, right,
3: yeah. I'm not a big follower anymore, really. Like, I keep up with the results and stuff, but I just, I, my passion has gone out the game, probably because I'm a Tottenham fan. And they obviously, they obviously come out to Jewel of the Fates, which yeah, is yeah. a real big, like, you know. So the team's tr- out on the pitch here. And did you pick up on what it sounded like? No. Oh, OK. Maybe. Arsenal, was it? No. Well, in my, to my ears, it sounded like a, a big knockoff Rocky theme.
0: Oh, no, it was Rocky. It <clears> wasn't Rocky. <throat> sorry, sorry, 차- I'm thinking of like, you're going to say West Ham Forever going bubbles or some sort of arse. No, you're right. It is. It is. But it's sort of like. They do that thing where they change it just slightly enough so they don't have to pay for the copyright. Yeah, it's like they've gone. I always laugh about this. It's like, I never forget years ago, buying a Beatles DVD from Poundstretching near me, White City, Manchester, United's ground. And I come home, dead excited, and I said to Sam, like I was like 19 when we first got together, like, nah, yeah, and I was like, oh, she's got this Beatles CD. It was £2. I put it on, and it was a fucking like the, uh, blow, um, blow bell, bow bells, fucking Beatles, <laughs> you know, the best of Beatles. But what they did was they had the Beatles logo, and then underneath and little writing was, you know, songs by the Beatles, blow bells, fucking orchestra, some Amazing. bullshit. And I, was, I put on, was like, what the fuck is this? So it's almost, but this is just a rip off, is it? Yeah. You're right. It's a, a really bad, I don't know how they got away with it.
3: Yeah. I don't know how different you have to make songs in order to not pay the copyright. This must be yeah. right on the cusp of getting away with it.
0: <laughs> it's class. It is, it is brilliant because I just thought, why you just pay for the proper song? Mm. I mean,
3: because it fits the underdog theme of the, although if I was Stallone, I'm not sure I'd want my Rocky theme attached to the Me Machine.
0: Not to this. He means your will Jason Statham now, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't at the time. No. <laughs> All right, Jason Statham, let's get to it. What do you think of him in this yeah. movie? Perfect segue. Oh, he's literally played it by numbers, isn't he? He, he looks great. He comes out fully, like, he's literally straight jacketed up and he's doing a bit of martial arts. That guy's like, he's killed mm. 30 people and Vinnie Jones, so... Danny goes, maybe I should learn karate. And he went, oh, that was before karate. <laughs> yeah. um, and so so he he just, he's a bit weird because, like I said, I mentioned the broken nose thing. And then mm-hmm. he, he only changes his mind when they say, you know, um, we're playing the guards. But I've got to say, Jackson, and now they do fantastic tattoos now. Like, you wouldn't even think they were fake. Tattoos are terrible. <laughs> it looks like someone's true, mom <laughs> with crayon, don't they? They, they? They're so dark and black. It's like he's just stepped out. Of the tattoo parlor, you know, I'm covered in tattoos now. So it's like I don't know if you are, but but you, they, they don't last that colour. I've one done a few months ago. I've got an American sleeve that I've been done. I'm nearly done it and that even that a couple of months ago looked great when I had it done. But mm. it's still fades. It's not horrendous, but you know, it's not like so. So them tattoos is just nonsense. But I think when he's in net and he's just taking everybody on, and some of the dives, because obviously he's an Olympic. Uh, diver, one he, he yeah, went to the yeah. 1988 uh, the Commonwealth, Games. Games. Commonwealth yeah. Games. Sorry, 1990 Commonwealth Games, and he was an amazing diver. Like he's so athletic, and obviously the martial arts stuff and everything he can do, all them stunts, he's so good. And some of the dive, well, some of the dives just defy <laughs> logic. You can clearly see he's on some sort of trampoline. The way he was doing their moves, it was just stupid. And and he, he's a real peripheral figure, other than him mm. being the absolute prison psycho. He only gets about 10 minutes airtime in the whole movie. And he was, like you say, he was a big film star at this point, really. He was cutting his chops, but he wasn't chopped liver. He wasn't like, he shouldn't have had top billing with Vinnie Jones, because he definitely should.
3: Mm. I'm guessing this was probably a, a favour, wasn't it? It was, like, was gonna
0: say, yeah.
3: like, do you fancy popping in and doing this as my mate? Because yeah. I, I didn't know until starting this project that they um, went to school together.
0: Oh, did they? David and Vinnie Jones?
3: Because obviously having to go down the stream, we on several podcasts, several episodes, we've been talking about the States' accent and where that's come from. They were at school together, so they've known each other for, for a very long time. So it's probably jump in, do this role, mate rates, and um, just have a bit of a laugh, I guess.
0: I didn't realise that. I honestly didn't realise that. Are they the same age then? I guess they
3: must be fair. either but exactly the same or, or similar enough, yeah. Two
0: years. It's two years. Vinnie Jones is two years older. He's 57 mm. and, and uh, Stephen's 55 this year. So God, that's unbelievable. I never yeah, yeah. knew that.
3: Never knew that. I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. 10 minutes max, but I think there's pros and cons to this, this for him, isn't there? Like, it's the first time I don't like in the last episode, as you said, you listened with Blake and I, I started this new tally on behalf of Mike. Yeah. And it's the first time we get, as you said, we get state stripping down and we get state skins. We get that, that six pack and the stack body, which he's somehow managed to maintain from then till now.
2: Yeah.
3: No middle-aged spread for the state. And um I think he is the highlight of the match. As you said, the bits that he's doing when he's doing all the tricks, uh, they're they're pretty funny. They sort of got a wry smile out of me. His facial expressions are crazy. It, it, he doesn't do anything to this extent anymore. Like now he's kind of obviously quite a straight stoic character in most of his films, but here he's kind of leaning into the comedy and putting these really, like, wacky faces. But I think, for me, it was the imaginary black-and-white sequences which stood out as being being the highlight of the section.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I tell you what, he's not a bad footballer, Jax, as well. He's Robbie G. plays Trojan. Mm. He's in Snatch and that, mm. and Desmond's in that. He's a hell of a fucking player. Mm. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he is a good footballer. He's on that wing there, and he's absolutely... Taking names on there, he looks really good. To be fair, really good. So um, every time they give him the ball, he's away, and he looks yeah. like he's played at a good level. To be fair, because I know in the cast, Vinnie Jones got a couple of his mates. They need to play on both teams as well, so we make it look authentic. When there was some of the um, longer shots, wider shots, sort of thing, there was there was a, a couple of him. What were his friends who played on the, the guards team, and mm. there was a couple on the on the, the prisoners teams, which it had to be you had to have some level there. Uh, a bit like say, like Escape to Victory, when they had like the Bobby Moore, didn't they? Russell yeah. Hoffman, There was also, I think uh, Mike Summerby was on there. There was a load of players on that because he had to make it look like a proper football team, which they were, they were professional footballers, some of them, when they filmed that. Whereas in this, the actors are terrible. I mean, the guy, who's the guy? He's the guy out of uh, The Phantom Menace who plays, um, is it Sabulba, but the one who gives, who, who owns Annie. You know, and yeah, he does the voice. He's the guy, um, he's the, the comedian, isn't he? Um, oh, oh the Omid Jally. Omid Jally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's Raj in this, but he's the one who's Sevolva who does the voice in in The Phantom Menace, and he's there, isn't he? And he chins one of the guards and mm. punches him. And so it's just some of the fouls are ridiculous, but I think you're right <laughs> with Stephen. <laughs> it's just who he is. And, and to be honest, I must admit, they get they give the guards a better game than Paul Crew does in mm. the original one because Bert Reynolds' side are never close to the guards until the end. They're always a touchdown and a field goal away, touchdown and a field goal away. And then when he is supposed he is supposed to throw the game, Paul Crew, which obviously Danny is supposed to do in this one. Mm. But the, the the prisoners of it, the bar twice, Danny Dyer should have scored. There's a few of them should have scored. It's only at the end when the monk, Jason Statham's character, so I'll bring around <laughs> to that, hooks up because he decides to go in a Maradona run and gets tackled, doesn't he, make it 2-1, and then they score pretty quick, and it's 2-2. Two, two, and then all of a sudden, the prisoner, uh, the, the prison guards have got no defence from nowhere. They've decided mm. to just leave it, and Vinnie Jones does a little flick, and he's away, and nobody's in the air e- e- shot. The continuity is unbelievable because from nowhere... Danny Dyer's character appears, <laughs> Billy the Limpet appears from nowhere and hits an absolute Bobby Charlton rocket shot in the empty net from nowhere. And he couldn't hit a band over a banjo, that lad, <laughs> for the other film, but he pulls it out of the bag. So that is nonsense. You would not have the time to put your foot on the ball, stand around, look at everyone in the crowd. Look oh, at he's the there for him. about.
3: 30 yeah. seconds It in it film time, it's forever.
0: Yeah. He's looking at the warden, and now we can see the warden from like 150 yards away. I don't know. <laughs> he signals everyone out who he's going to get back, and then they score. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a it's it's weird, it's a weird, weird film that I sort of enjoyed it because mm-hmm. it felt very 90s Brit movie, mm-hmm. and it's not really out of place from the snatch and the lockstock films, but it's definitely the B movie, poor poor man's film compared to but you could have that in one of them cheapo free DVDs for a tenner and they're all on the same thing and it's got all of them together and you could have all of them and that's they always get one dodgy movie they put on yeah. there which is crap don't they so
3: well as you say you'll get like like and snatch oh it's worth it for that oh Mean Machine's in there oh well yeah. I don't have to watch that
0: one <laughs> yeah or watch that first and save the best to last yeah, yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> I think the football scenes are the, is the highlight of the movie and I agree yes. with you like there's some, some talent Players on there like Robbie G is good. He reminds me of that sort of player that would piss you off when you're playing, though, with your mates. Never pass well, it. We fucking know you're good. Yeah, pass yeah. it, mate.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> That's true, that. But um, and, yeah, and the stuff there, I, I agree, is, is absolutely ridiculous. But I did like that element of the fact that actually the prisoners would have lamped them if it wasn't for Danny Meehan's character, as you said, like starting to throw the game, coming to the sideline, because he's worried about um being blamed, isn't he, for the yes for the the murder of of doc for that for that character or being accessory to murder yeah and that's that's true sorry yeah i was just gonna that's the part i felt really didn't work unfortunately here because in american football it's rolling right people are coming on and off all the time offense defense whereas here if a footballer comes off they come off because they can't come back on and you have like what feels like a long portion of this second half—I'm not sure how long it's supposed to be—ten minutes, fifteen minutes, where Danny's on the sideline and they're not doing a sub.
0: Yeah, and they already lost a man. They've gone like nine yeah. men, haven't they?
3: So they've gone down to nine men, and they just—you know—you just would do a sub. So that part just really, unfortunately, conceptually, because it's soccer football, doesn't yeah. work.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Like that's very Hollywood. That's like getting someone who's never played football.
1: And mm. saying how
0: would you? And I'm calling it football, not soccer, Jack. I know we've got soccer, <laughs> you know. They would have called it in Hollywood or whatever. Well, if it got a premiere over there, um, but it's football. That's that is a Hollywood type ending into because I think as well. And you're right, actually, with all this, completely right. Is it's very bizarre that so I've got a, a daft story. What, what are you when I watch for movies like this, right? So, you, how old are you, Jack? You don't mind me asking. No, yeah, 42. So I'm 43. So we're the same age, pretty much. Um, and um, I remember World Cup 94, right? We went, it was in America. We went to Spain and we went to Benidorm for a month because we used to literally live out there. We were always going for like two or three months of the year and the school used to go mad. Mm. We'd go over like Christmas. So the two weeks over Christmas, then we dad would just have us there for the two weeks. We'd have Christmas day there Then when we shouldn't have been and we get right bollocking from the wag woman. And you do it for Easter. We'd go away for two weeks, but we'd go away for a month. And then you get letters from the and We were always doing it. But anyway, the World Cup 94 was on in the June of 94. And we were in Benidorm. And I was like sick of going because we used to go all the time. My mum and dad are travel agents around 94, 95. And they have been ever since And They do Benidorm. That's all they concentrate on. Benidorm, Alicante and everything. So we were sick of this probably about 20 times. I'm like, I'm not going around the field. I'm not mm-hmm. doing this. I was being a proper rebellious. I was a 15. Mm-hmm. I was 15 at that point. World Cup was on. I watched every single game of the World Cup pretty much while we were on holiday. Every day I went in this hotel. We had a telly ready. We even stayed in this hotel. We had a telly ready for me. All the qualifying games all day. I just sat there watching all these games. And um, one of the interviews, this is where I'm going with this, Jack, is the interview Charlie Sheen. And just oh. before it, because you got I think with Diana Ross, where she kicks the ball in the nets fall and all this stuff, and she like did the opening ceremony. And they say to Charlie Sheen, uh, so Charlie, American. Hey Charlie, uh, who do you think's going to win the World Cup? And he goes, Hey man, I want Liverpool all the way. And me and my two brothers. Me and my two brothers. I mean, he's, I've got three brothers, but he wasn't. But he was only a kid. He was literally just born in ninety four. But me and my other two brothers always say. That line, Charlie Sheen, you know say in the other podcast, we always have lines we say. We, yeah. My brother Adam and we were playing on FIFA before me and him and my other brother Javier, we we're all playing FIFA before this. And, he, and he'll and he always randomly just go, I want Liverpool all the way. And you could hear <laughs> the Eurosport guy who's interviewing him just go, I don't even know what to say. I don't yeah, know right. whether I should correct him or just fob it off. And I have looked for that interview. For years, we were looking every week for it, trying to find it, to send it to each other, and we just cannot find it. It's ridiculous. But uh, it feels like that. It feels like someone from America, Hollywood, has got a cut of this, and it might have been better than this. It might not have been so comedic. I don't know. I know there's a lot of English influence with the, the production and everything, but it just feels like someone's got hold of it and going, no, it's no, it's not very glamorous, that. I don't mm-hmm. like it. It feels as if the movie would have been more edgy. But they've had to throw slaps again. A bit like Judge Dredd with Stallone, where they mm. made it into a PG thing, but he wanted it to be an R rated and they cut it completely down. And all the jokes were awful and hammy and everything. But that's apparently a really good film. That's what they all say, don't they? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not having a Snyder cut with this one, anyway. But yeah, it does feel like someone's got a hold of it who shouldn't have done, and they've completely toned it down.
3: No, I think that's a totally fair, a, great, a good shout because we keep coming back to the same thing. The tone is all over the place, and it feels like perhaps in the script it was, as you said, more directy, more snatch, more lockstock, more gritty, and then somewhere down the line they thought we better add in this little bit of humour for this audience and that audience. And yeah, yeah, I think that's probably true.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think, well, I'm not saying I'm I'm correct, but as we're talking about and freshing it out, I think you're right. I think it's just it's just. A strange movie. And you can see why. I mean, what's it, oh, like 34% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it is. It's not received well at all. It's, it's mm. really poorly received. Like, the, the critically, it wasn't. It was a bomb, basically. It never made, made any money, to be honest. So it was, it was not the greatest movie. Not compared
3: to, you know, we've seen some of the Statham movies before this point, Snatch particularly made a lot of money compared to its budget. I mean, it, it made $7 million from a $2.5 million budget. So, it, you know, it did all right. It, it made its money back. But yeah, it was hardly set the world on fire, did it?
0: No, and one of the things that makes me laugh is one of the, the main prison warden who gets the one in the balls, which in the original one, they take him out of the game. And in the Adam Sandler one, it's actually Stone Cold who takes two mm. American footballs in the balls and gets taken off because he's the racist um, prison guard. In it, He's really awful in it, but he gets taken out by the ball. But in this is, is the main warden and uh, the main prison guy who gives him shit at the start is the guy who's the dad out of uh, The Kingsman, you know, Taron Egerton's mum, this mm. for Walmart. she's with him, which is nonsense. He's never with a guy like that. He's a proper <laughs> Cockney gangster. But he's just gone on from this, and he's in every Cockney gangster movie he's been in loads of films opposite Danny Dyer is just a bastard and he's in loads of like the rise of the foot soldier things and all like Kingsman he's in that first one as a like horrible husband or whatever his boyfriend so he's just an horrible horrible guy which is good because he plays a baddie wherever he goes
3: he's definitely oh it's that guy it's that guy from that thing and you can't quite place it but you yes. know like because he's done too many probably that you can't quite figure out where he's come from
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's him. That's definitely him. That's
3: him from that thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. I cannot
3: let you go. We cannot finish this without talking about the Stace Scottish accent.
0: (laughs) Well, well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) If it's meant, I mean, I think it's meant to be Scottish. And, you know, I'm not (laughs) going to do my own impression because it's going to be terrible. But um, I'm not. I'm not an actor.
0: No, no. And um, you know what? It's funny, you know, because I'd never picked up on it. I just thought he was English. And then there's a bit later on, like, I think it's when they're actually in the match and he says something. And I was like, oh, that's, is that, what's that like an American accent? What? what? <laughs> Where's? And I didn't, I just thought it was because he was in like an action bit and he's just said something, do you know what I mean? But he's a terrible accent. I didn't even know <laughs> he was Scottish. See, you just said it. I did not even know. <laughs>
3: <that>. <laughs> I mean, fairly soon, somebody's about to tell him, look, just be like Michael Caine. Don't bother. Just be yourself. Because he's tried the American in the one. And if memory serves, he tries American again in the transporter quite yes, badly.
2: Yeah.
3: And he's tried Scottish here. And then it, fairly soon after this, he's now just Jason Statham, Cockney. Yeah, don't
0: don't mess with him, basically.
3: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's absolutely awful. And he to, I'm going to have to go back and just watch his bits now because <clears> I didn't realise he was trying to be Scottish because that is terrible. There's no way that even sounds Scottish.
3: No. I mean, when I was watching it, I, I would obviously tweeted out that I was. And so Max was um, messaging me saying about the Scottish accent and was getting some good digs in whilst I was watching. My phone was <laughs> pipping pip away with his like, his like, phonetically written out attempts it stays scottishness <laughs> that is awful. brilliant
0: i didn't even know i did not even oh that's blew my mind that now Jack. that's absolutely made my night anything else you think we should comment on before we finish before we wrap up no, we no, I've, I've really enjoyed this actually just a cool chat about a really silly movie mm. uh, i would know this is very reminiscent of the movies we do on the other podcast because i wouldn't have probably picked this but with it being Statham and with it being part of your show, it has to be done, mate. And I've fully enjoyed you having me on, definitely. And we've got to do this again, 100%. Oh,
3: yeah, you're coming back. Because, you know, like you say, some of those action ones which are right up your your street, yeah. I think we need to get done. I think definitely. I need to ask you, though, and I think I know the answer to this, but is The Mean Machine the longer shard? Or is Mean Machine the one to watch if you had to pick?
0: got with the OG, without mm-hmm. a doubt. I'd even say... Even though this replicates, the meme machine we're talking about reviewing within it replicates the original, I think, better than the Adam Sandler one. The Adam Sandler Mm. movie is actually quite good. A good movie. It's watchable, whereas this in parts is goddamn terrible. And I agree, the cutting thing with the widescreen, I don't know what they're trying to go for. It's like a comic book Grange Hill thing. I don't know what they're going for. It's really bizarre what they, they tried with this, but it just doesn't hit me at all.
3: I love that crane chill. What a great reference. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Before I get your final, final review, I'm just going to delve into a couple of ones that I found on letterbox. If you, uh, if you don't mind. Of course. So, uh, this is from a guy called Lou shoemaker and he says the me machine is the longest yard on horse tranquilizers. It takes its premise of guards playing inmates in a soccer uh, football match way too seriously to the point where Vinnie Jones looks like a kicked puppy for the first half of the film. Things liven up considerably once the game actually starts, but the preceding hour and change are in danger of putting you to sleep before it arrives, which I think we said, like the match is really where it picks up. As a psychotic killer goalie, Jason Statham is barely in this. He has maybe a minute and a half of screen time in the first hour. As the goalie in the big game, though, he gets a couple of good fantasy sequences. And this is the first movie to cast him as guy everyone is afraid of, an archetype that will serve him well in years to come. So I think that's quite important, like, to think about his yes. trajectory. This is kind of that first one where he's, like, a total badass.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, because you watch Snatch, and he's, th- he's a boxing promoter, Come, he's a bit of a rogue, guinea you know, with uh, Stephen Graham, but they're not, he's Turkish, he, any of that, you know, the, the nothing when he come up against obviously what's he called? Uh I'm an horrible, horrible what's he called? The old bloke with the big glasses. Um Bricktop. Oh, Bricktop. Uh, brick oh, what a character he is. Brilliant character. But but again, he is the gangster. They're nothing. You know, they come up against the as as they call them, uh, the pikeys in it. And I'm quoting the film, guys. I'm not trying to be offensive. That's what they call them in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he's nothing. Uh, so I always have trouble watching this because he's just a normal guy and he's a bit of a rogue. He obviously can handle himself, but he's not at that level. Whereas everything else that precedes is pretty much. He's a one-man mm. army, isn't he? So that's a great, I I I think that's a great movie to pick that we've done today, Jack, because mm. it is the catalyst of his career because he takes the top off and everyone goes, holy shit, where's he got that yeah. body from? Yeah. He's massive. <laughs> obviously, he was a diver. He's kept the body. I'm not mm. saying that. He hasn't taken his vitamins and said his prayers after that as he's got in his 40s about you saying the uh you know the middle-aged spread that we all can get when we get in our 40s you know I'm, I'm testament to that at the moment so i get it but i can't get rid of this unless i take my vitamins my friend <laughs> yeah <fair
3: enough. laughs> i'm right there with you no but i mean that i've got to use that that phrase like this trajectory is, is exactly what this show is about and it really is interesting to see It's every every movie is just another little step up, another little step up to where he's going to eventually go. And this is, you know, the one he is in an action movie, but he's more kind of a he's more guns than he is fighting in that movie. In fact, the only couple of times he gets in a fight with Jet Li, he gets absolutely annihilated, which is probably fairly accurate to be fair. But um, here, although he's not physically like in martial arts fights, as you said, he's absolutely ripped and he's showing off his like martial arts like skills, isn't he? When he's doing like kind of Tai Chi, Kata in the cage.
2: Yeah.
3: And, and, and yeah, he's a scary guy in this, which is what he's about to become from this point forwards, really from the
0: transporter forwards. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great film to pick for us to come on. I've enjoyed this, mate.
3: We've got every movie, 2018. He says, Jason Statham is honestly the standout for me. He hardly says two words in the movie. Thank goodness. Cause of his accent. <laughs> <laughs> but how he's played for comedic effect is fantastic, and it's mad to think that he's gone from playing those type of roles to taking the lead in so many blockbuster movies. So again, it's nice to see people acknowledging that trajectory uh, uh, and where he's at and what where he's come from. Sorry, and where yeah. he's going.
0: Yeah, totally perfect segue into everything else that you're going to review after this mm. as well. Perfect.
3: It's literally next, isn't it? You know, the transporter is his yeah. first leading role. And thank goodness for it. I love The Transport. It's a great movie. And, and that really is the kick on. All right, last one. Uh, this is from Mark Cunliffe. He says, It's very much a film of its time, coming off the back of Lockstock and the like, which revitalized British cinema in the late 90s. Unfortunately, it isn't a production that is improving with age, and its tinnied script, stilted, gore acting, heavy cliches, and poor pacing is certainly ensuring its reputation as something of a miss fire so generally about the movie it's what we agree with isn't it yeah and the old Bert reynolds actioner you can believe the thuggish thick arm deep south violence and feel the threat of the gun-toting prison wardens which is totally alien and absent to the uk everything is just a bit too safe there's really not that much to play for which i agree with you said about how like the prison stuff doesn't play realistic here in in me machine
0: no, it, it plays on every, it says it in one of the reviews, like he got unintentionally funny because it plays every cliche. Mm. All it needed was someone having a shower and going, oh my God, I've dropped the soap. You know, it's all that sort of. Absolutely. cliche stuff that I'm we I'm surprised we didn't get that. No, I mean, he was having a shower at one point. I did, th- I mean, I know it's not, uh, if you've ever seen American History X, it's not. Mm. Uh, now that does have some terrible prison scenes. That's all I'm going to say, but. Um, there wasn't that but I did think there was going to be some sort of moment like that and there wasn't but it it was everything else was the same the gangster runs everything it all runs through the old bloke who's been there nobody messes with him you know he he absolutely runs the wing with an iron fist sort of thing I know Mm. I covered the um, have you not covered have you watched the Sean Bean prison series that was on BBC
3: Time that was brilliant Yeah.
0: Yeah, great film now Sean Bean obviously you always know him as a psycho but he was a teacher wasn't he Mm. And he wasn't, and Stephen Graham was the, the prison warden, mm. and then you had the other guy who actually run the wing, he was always sort of bullying him, money all the way through, but, but that was a bit more believable because he was mm-hmm. seen as a weak touch, a soft touch, which is what they do with prisoners, but uh, you know, it was very everything you see in that, I don't necessarily think it's, most, most prisoners are out for themselves
3: mm. the, the, you know, the explosion here just doesn't pay up, doesn't feel real as well, does it?
0: No 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 it, it all. all just
3: it all feels as you said let's come back to something you said before it feels hollywood and forced it feels like it's we need to inject that in here rather than we're in the longer shard it feels natural and that could have happened i think
0: yeah i agree with that yeah cuz it, it's very dingy in in the longer shard it plays well with that deep south horrible prison like he's everyone's going around stinking a BO and the clothes are all dirty and everything you know it's a really, mm. it's, it does feel like a proper prison
3: Agreed. So just to finish off what this guy has to say he said uh, there is still a fair bit to enjoy here if you look beyond the limitations of its star, Vinnie Jones he may have proved himself above the usual sports stars before a film camera lock stock but who struggles to carry a film solo. Mm. The supporting cast make this movie and I'm going to skip a little bit through his review because then he says and Jason Statham you steal the film.
0: <laughs> Very good ending, that, Jack.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Very good.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
3: All right, mate. So, would you consider this amongst his filmography a classic worth catching, or for completus only?
0: Completists only.
3: Completis only. Mm. So definitely, we can just give it a skip.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I think anybody listening um, who's interested in it, if you just just more. Maybe you like me, you love the original, you've seen the original, even if you've seen the Adam Sandler one, you might think, oh my, just because in some respects, it's almost a trilogy of the same movie. Mm-hmm. Which it is really, you know, it's an English version of, of an American uh, series really, but um, yeah, it, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone at all.
3: Fair enough. Well then, thank you for taking one for the team. That's both you and Dave now. <laughs> and for, um, providing your thoughts on it. <laughs> What have you got coming up that people can be sure they tune in for?
0: Well, if you're into reality TV, and I'm sure all of you listening are, uh, get over to our podcast, Chris and Dave's Reality Cast, CD Reality Cast, and we're doing a daily podcast on Love Island, UK. And that podcast is crazy, but there you go. <laughs> uh, also, big thanks to you, mate, as well, for doing this. And It's so good what you're doing. It's something completely different as well, which I love. And I love the fact that you're going through all these movies um, perfect absolutely perfect mate uh, and I definitely want to come back on 100% I do down the line please give us a shout through the summer or whatever and I'll come on and do the business And them hopefully we pick one where he's actually kicking ass in it um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's no Vinnie Johns in sight which would be even better but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no if you want to get us over at the VHS Strikes Back um, and we've got movies from 2005 backwards big thanks to you Jack as well one of our patrons mate you've supported us all the way along I do appreciate it Uh, We just absolutely watch some classics and we watch some God awful movies. Cause if I'm not stitching Dave up (laughs) and he's not stitching me up, all our Patreons are stitching us both up. So that's how it should be, which is brilliant. And comedy motion guys get over to our feed on there. There's so many lovely people doing so many great shows. Jax is doing the business. So you've got to listen to this and tune in, but honestly really, really good stuff on there. And it's so humbling that we've got so many good friends who just are producing all sorts of stuff. It's brilliant.
3: Amazing, mate. Thank you so much. I mean, so much time picked there, but CD Reality Cast couldn't have been named any better. I know like, you feel like you've come to that by accident, but it's brilliant.
2: <laughs> we <did. laughs>
3: yeah, we did. <laughs> and um, VHS Strikes Back is an absolute highlight of my listening week. It's so good here, and you two just having such a good laugh with each other.
0: Some of the stuff we've got coming up, mate, honestly. Oh, <laughs> you may be thinking, why am I even following this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the stuff I'm following it for. <laughs> oh, mate, been so good, so good.
3: All right, and thank you everyone for listening and partaking in this journey with me through the Stace filmography. That was me, Machine. And next up, in not fortnight Fortnite? Is the Transporter, followed by another remake after that, The Italian Job. I've been I'm Jack musings, and that's J A C S. And you can find me on Twitter where I am most active. You can also contact the show directly on Twitter under the name Back to the Filmog. Please make sure you use the hashtag Follow the Filmography. This show has been presented to you by the Pop Gorillas, a collection of hive minds who provide spoiler-free reviews of anything from pop culture and less time than it takes to listen to a song. And I'm also a proud member of the Comics Emotion family, a super place full of the world's greatest people dedicated to bringing you podcasts on a variety of geeky topics. So please make sure you take the time to search, subscribe and rate our shows whenever and wherever you listen. Until next time, be excellent to each other and make sure you take the time to treat yourself too. I am Jack signing off. yippee be movie lovers.
1: Chris, you obviously uh, uh, put it down as a uh, Statham completionist score there, but in our scoring system, where would you put it?
0: I'd probably put it at the bottom. Maybe, maybe in Elm No, I'd probably put it at the bottom. It's 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 really strange because even some of the jokes they take from the original, and they're and they just about landing the Burt Reynolds ones, but with it being the 70s and Burt Reynolds, I can get away with it, but... Vinnie Jones is not really convincing. Like I say, the football isn't, even the even as football fans, Dave, the actual continuity in the movie is nonsense. The bit at the end with Danny Dyer, who couldn't hit a fucking band or a banjo anyway, and then all of a sudden he hits a shot like he's fucking Kareka or Zico or something. He's <laughs> nonsense. And Vinnie Jones' character, Danny, has got that much time to control it. Look up at the warden, who's about two hundred yards away. He knows <laughs> yeah. he's looking at him, and then passes it off. So they win. Just bollocks, absolute bollocks. And stay firm. Fucking hell! I mean, obviously he's a gymnast. He was an Olympic diver. One, he? he went to the Commonwealth Games and all that stuff. Mm. And. He's doing all them saves on some sort of trampoline when he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous! It's just ridiculous. The monk, but yeah, it wasn't a movie I would go back to. And I said this to Jats. "It's just it, I would I couldn't recommend it to anyone." If I'm being honest,
1: so uh, for me, I I don't have the love of that original. I do kind of want to go back and and watch the original Mean Machine now because I watched this. And I did quite enjoy it, to be honest. Now, it's produced by Matthew Vaughan, and he's done quite a few things that I like. So, he did Kingsman, he did Kick Ass, he did uh, X Men First Class, and, uh, you know, as well as being involved in Lockstock and uh, and Snatch as well. So, I, I think for me, I'd just go along with it. And even though it's total nonsense, I mean, even the stakes at the end, it's like, you know, when <laughs> at the game where he's pretending to be shit. And I'm like, you don't have to pretend, but he's really overdoing it. Um, It's just nonsense, isn't it? You know, so what is is at stake there? You know, he's going to get framed for this murder. Uh, He just has to throw the game. Hundred times out of a hundred, anyone's going to throw the fucking game, know <laughs> for the movie. You know, he has to sort of roll his sleeves up, and you know, the, the cons have to win the game. But it's just fucking nonsense. But I just, I just didn't care. I just think it's, it's really good. It's got so many recognizable actors in it as well. I mean, Christ, I, I kind of forgot how young Danny Die looked back then. <laughs> you know, so he's. he's Bit different now, any but, um, yeah, I'd probably put this in the middle, Chris. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so it'd be a hill valley for me, not too far off of Pleasantville, but oh, interesting again. That's just because I'm completely detached from the original. Now, if I was talking to Jack and about Statham's contribution, that fucking Scottish accent is ridiculous. Why did they have to make him Scottish? I, I don't know. It's just not convincing. And he's got that kind of snarl look to him whenever he says something. Like I say, it, it seems to be mostly, uh, <laughs> it's just, um, I just, but this is the first movie. I remember Statham from as the monk I'd seen Locksark, I'd seen Snatch, but I just didn't remember him being in it. But it was this character Monk, where I thought, "Fucking hell, who's this?" Yeah. You know, and and then I, when I saw him in things after that, I, I sort of thought back to this movie where I saw him first. So yeah, it's probably a little bit of nostalgia to it as well, but. I, I genuinely, when I started watching it, I was I was in, I was I was quite bought in. Again, you just have to get past the nonsense of it, you know. But uh, yeah, so interesting how, how we saw it completely differently there.
0: Mm, it's, it's strange, different one, Dave, completely different. But no, like I say, it's watchable. It's a, it's a definitely, if it's on, you can watch it. But I just couldn't recommend it. If you're into Statham, it's not. And Vinnie Jones is just, yeah, Vinnie Jones. But uh, no, thank you to Jax as well for having me on. Um, we've we've organised Get Me On For A Few Others through the uh, summer, Dave, as well. So we'll be negotiating that as well and doing a few of his movies. But I said I definitely want some of the martial arts ones that I enjoy. And I didn't realise I'd watched so many of his films, like the Fast and Furious films. He's in about three or four. The Hobbs and, Well, mm. including Hobbs and Shaw. All the Snatch ones, like the the Transporter movies, everything. So mm. I, I'm not... I, I can't... I don't, Expendables, everything. I can't honestly say to you, I'm, I'm, I absolutely fanboy over him but when I looked at the 41 movies and I thought I've watched at least 25 possibly more I obviously just like his movies which I do I do like him in movies I think he's got to love his martial arts I think he always looks quite realistic and like Snatch he was brilliant in even though he doesn't do any fighting in that I just loved him in that as a Turkish so yeah with uh, Steve Graham as his sidekick so yeah good, uh, good stuff
1: I mean you've got to complete it now you're so close you're over the halfway point surely yeah, you have th- to finish it
0: Dave, we're watching Love Island daily. We're having to do yeah. a fucking podcast daily. Yeah, of course I'm going to do that, Dave. That <laughs> the one in the name of the king,
1: I think. Oh, yeah, I just no want you to watch that one with Burt Reynolds.
0: <laughs> no, I love Burt, but no, I'm not watching it. Oh, Confession,
1: oh I tried to watch it. I, even I couldn't fucking make it through. No.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. So, Dave, it is my pick next week, my friend. Oh, my word. So it's been a long time, and Mr. John Hammond always produces the goods. He always puts a movie out there we've never heard of and becomes a bit of an iconic classic. Well, well, well. I've done it again, Dave. For the fifth time on this podcast, my absolute man crush has <laughs> another film that I've pulled out the bag. I, I nearly picked a movie from 98, where he's a martial arts psychic who can find people. And I won't say any more because we may actually review it at some point, but we are <laughs> going back to ni- uh, 2000 and it stars, Dave, another legend of the martial arts who you absolutely love, Cynthia Rothrock, and the great, the one, the only, the sexiest martial artist on the world, Dave, or in the world, or on the world, depending on where you look at it, <laughs> Avadon and this one is called Manhattan Chase.
2: Police, you're under arrest.
0: The trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: High production quality. I think
0: that's money? The, the, the cheapest budgets I've ever seen. I think <laughs> it's
1: like King of the Kickboxers too, isn't it? Too,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was a this was a low point in Lauren's movie.
1: Um, oh my career. word! Was this this was just t- before Baywatch.
0: Uh, no, we've done Baywatch before this. Oh. Just, this is ten years after No was Under Three. Frick. Oh. <laughs> Oh,
1: listen to that sound quality.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God, the action's terrible. Oh, Dad.
2: <laughs> I think I'll find what you are looking for. Freeze!
1: We the tape Right there Not anymore mm. A lot of blood in the trailer wonder if this is an actual trailer it's, Or just a YouTube fan-made thing it's,
0: it's, it's, it's probably the only one that got released, Dave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god. What is he <laughs> I don't know. Still got the moves, old Dave. He's uh, nowhere near that good guy. Good high I mean, kick. Yeah.
2: All right. I'm going
0: to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Abel's about 40 eh, Dave. Yeah. I
2: told you not to turn back.
0: Oh, the acting, <laughs> a classic, and also fully available the whole movie on YouTube. So we Shocker. know it's going to be a classic, Dave. Oh. Brilliant! Big thank you to Jacks. Uh, back to the filmography is available on all podcast catching apps, guys. And we also have the episodes available through the comments in motion feed. But please go over to Jax's feed and also please subscribe as well he's got some great stuff on there and if you're a big fan of Jason from which I am apparently now Dave without really knowing then it's going to be loads of content he releases and every movie that he's ever done will be going through so he's a lot of content there and obviously as he keeps making them he'll just keep going and going so get over there and Jax is really good as a host as well guys and good friend of the podcast so thank you so much mate for all your support as well on the Patreon
1: That's no, brilliant and uh, I don't know if you heard he, he did um the one with Blake, our oh, good old Blake Biles there, the mulleted warrior, mulleted <laughs> Maori warrior. Um, so, yeah, I, so that's a really good listen if you've not had a listen to that as well. So I have not watched the one for years and I was listening to the kind of recap on it and yeah, I need really need to go back and watch that one. So Jet lee I, I really want to... Uh, see I, I didn't like it at the time but I feel like from what they were saying I feel like I might appreciate it more I was too much into like Jackie Chan and stuff then and I was I was mentally I think trying to compare uh, Jet Li to Jackie Chan and so yeah it, it didn't work for me at the time but need to go back to that one
0: yeah I mean, we'll have to at some point Dave really well I've seen I've seen that once as well so that'd be a good one but no big thank you to everyone as always guys if you want to email us the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back. And if you do want to follow us a little bit more, support us a bit more, please go over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. So big thank you today to Mr. Tony Farina, John Hammond, Blake, Maps, Jax, Herb, Lucky Lily Green, Kent, Dylan, Heath, Matt, Carl, Paul, Alec, Timothy, and Glenn. So thank you so much guys for all your support. We really appreciate it. And it's so nice. And Dave, we actually have, have an email as well. And it's a crossover email from one of our friends on the CD Reality Cast. Nice. And it not for martial arts lessons, I might add. So anyway, this one—it's <laughs> from Lorraine, and it's put movie for Chris. Dear Chris and Dave, I'm now back in Australia, and on the flight back, I watched a movie which had Chris written all over it. It's called Raging Fire, and it's a Hong Kong Chinese movie with subtitles. Obviously, it has a 91% Rotten Tomatoes review score. I looked it up, and it's on Disney Plus and Amazon Prime. I'm not asking you to review it as it's a new movie, but I'm interested to see if my Chris Phelps movie radar is Chris worthy. Dave, the radar is moving across all podcasts. <laughs> Cheers, guys, Lorraine. So uh, thank you for that, Lorraine. <laughs> i a mean, so, I'm possible choice. I've seen the uh,
1: trailer for that. I, and what I would say is I actually think it's probably closer to my sweet spot because it's that proper Hong Kong action stuff. It's Donnie Yen. And so, you know, it's very much in that style, almost like a, a modern-day police story. So I think I, I've watched it, or watched the trailer, rather, and I will definitely be watching that. Now, Chris, have you seen Ip Man? Yes, I've Donnie seen
0: Yen? Ip Man. There's about three or four of them now. I think Scott Atkins is in one of them.
1: Yeah, but that first one is fucking amazing. The action in that is phenomenal. And, uh, uh, yeah, Donnie Yen, legend.
0: Yes, yes, and he's a uh, I am the force, the way of the force, whatever it is, Dave in Rogue One, whatever it he is, is. He is, he is indeed. Uh, but no, brilliant mate and thank you for today, it's been really, really good fun. Um, so Dave, what are you take us out with? Well, when Doc and
1: Danny are talking, Doc says come on, where's your manners, Danny? What would your mum say? And Danny says, fuck me. Doc says wish I met her. <laughs> There's all sorts we'll wrong speak that to you next right? time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
2: That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better
0: get back because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night, mostly. I'll be back. That's right. We came. We saw. We kicked his ass. Wax on.
2: Oh.
0: Ah! Oh! Get the One ring the bell. Alright. Ding ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well
2: here we
0: Upgraded, you a stupid you're yeah, heavy! He's a fool, he's, a fool. he's stupid!
2: i see you in six, six four four. Four. I must break.